Good morning, everyone. I'm glad that you've joined us today. Now, we are talking about our theme for this year, and that is all things new. And I'm excited about this theme. I hope you are, because God is doing new things. Look, our key verse is Revelation 21.5. He who sits on the throne, he's sitting on the throne. He's in a place of authority. And he said, Behold, I am making all things new. And that is something to be excited about because when God does something again or makes something new, you know it's going to be better. And so we've been talking about this. And the first message we talked about how God is giving us new ways to fulfill the five purposes for our lives, our personal lives. And then we talked about how God is doing new things in the church. We saw that he's taking the mission of the church outside of this building, and the mission of the church is going to the home. And we talked about church at home and how we can fulfill the ministry of the church in and through our homes because the church is people. Now, today I want to go on, and the title of my message this morning is a new routine. God is doing new things, and he's giving us new routines to do them in. And this is a very important message because a routine is a way that leads us to the new thing. And I hope that by the end of this message this morning, you'll really appreciate that. Now, the verse we want to use uh, this morning is from Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. And the first part of that uh, verse says this, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? And so the first question I would ask you is, do you see the new thing God is doing? Sometimes we don't see it. In fact, this verse asks, asks the question, do you see it? He says, I've already begun. God is already at work. He's not waiting for us. He's already preparing the way. He's preparing the new thing. And God is at work even when you don't see he's at work. We don't see everything that God is doing. But he puts in his scripture here, I'm doing a new thing and I've already begun. And then he says, do you see the new thing? You have to see it by faith. You don't always see it with your natural eyes. But by faith, you need to believe that no matter what you're going through, whatever circumstance you are in, God has begun to work. He's doing a new thing in your life, in the life of the church, and really in the world. God is constantly at work. He's already begun it. And I want my eyes to be open to see what he's doing. I don't want to be blind to what God is doing. You see, if, if you're blind, then you're so focused on yourself. You, you can't see anything outside of yourself. You just see your own situation. And so many times we're in a situation that's not good. And we sort of get stuck in that situation. And the Lord wants to tell us, you know what? I'm doing a new thing. You need to break out of this. 
It's like the theme song that the worship team has been leading us in, uh, that God is doing new things. And one of the lines says, I'm running to where the future is. I tell you, that's what I want in my heart. I want to be excited. I want to be running towards the future. I want to be running towards the new thing that God is doing. I don't want to be blind to it. I don't want to sort of get stuck in the mud. I don't want to uh, get down and get stagnant and, and just sort of mired in my situation. I want to run to what God is doing because I believe he's doing a new thing. This is a time of excitement. This is not a time to get down. This is not a time to be discouraged. Even if the situation you're in is discouraging, you need to by faith say, but I believe God is at work. He's already begun it, and he's doing a new thing. He's going to carry it out. So that brings us to our next point and the next part of our verse. That verse goes on to say, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, here's the point. A wilderness stands between you and your new thing. Now, don't have any doubt about it. God is doing a new thing. But between you and the new thing is a wilderness, the scripture tells us. But God says, I'm making a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. You might be in a dry wasteland. And we all are to a certain extent. Situations come and go. And, and when you're in a wilderness, you need to not just think, you know, what, what can I do? God's forsaken me. There's nothing that's going to happen in my life. No change is going to come. I want to say it over and over again. God is doing a new thing. He's already begun it. He wants you to lift your eyes. He wants you by faith to see it. And he wants you to embrace it. He is making a way. He's putting a river in your dry place. Now, when I was thinking about this and thinking about the wilderness, it, it's a dry place. It's an uninhabited place. It's an inhospitable place. Uh, there's no homes around. There's very few people there, if any. And this is what stands between us and the new thing that God is doing. You know, if you ever use a GPS to find a location, um, the GPS is fine as long as there are roads to get you there. But if the GPS is a little dated and there's a new subdivision or something new, the GPS doesn't understand it. This week, I, I was visiting the Fergus Hospital, and it's new. It's in a new location. I put it in the GPS. I'm traveling, and all of a sudden, the roads that I'm to go on, there's no roads there. And I saw the, I saw the hospital, luckily, and I drove up to it, and I looked down at the GPS, and it just shows nothing. It shows me out in the middle of nowhere. It's like the GPS says, you're in a wilderness. There's no roads here. There's no destination. You'll never get there. Now listen, this is what happens to us many times when we try to navigate on our own and plan out how we're going to get into the future, how we're going to get to the new place that God has for us. 
Sometimes our GPS systems fail us because you're in a wilderness. It's not pleasant in the wilderness. The wilderness deters you from your journey. But again, the scripture says, I've made a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. You know, I was thinking about going through the wilderness. My mind went back to the children of Israel. God had led them out of Egypt. And they were going to a new place, a new land that God had promised them. They were going to this promised land. But to get there, they had to go through a wilderness, through a Sinai uh, wilderness, desert as it's called. And they wandered in the wilderness. Many of them didn't get out of the wilderness. They didn't have faith in the place that God was taking them. And, and as a result, they died in the wilderness. Folks, we don't want to do that. God has a promise for us. There's a new place for us. And we have to go through the wilderness. And in the wilderness, there's all kinds of tests. There's things that we have to face. But God is with us. He hasn't left us. The wilderness experience is necessary. But just know, in the wilderness, he is giving us a new road, a pathway through the wilderness. Now, that's our next point, really. God provides a path to traverse the wilderness. He's provided a path. Now, here's the verse in Isaiah 42 and verse 16. I will lead blind Israel down a new path. Now, notice, a new path. Guiding them along an unfamiliar, an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. So again, here is the promise of the Lord. He's leading us. And Israel sometimes can be considered blind. And many times we're blind to the future. We don't know. We just have to trust God. But this says he's leading us down a new path. I wonder what the new path is God's leading you down. It's unfamiliar. You haven't been there before. It can be dry. It has all kinds of difficulties. But the scripture says he's guiding us through this time. You're not alone. And he will brighten the darkness. I don't know what dark times we go through. You may be going through. But God says, I will brighten them. And he'll smooth out the road ahead of you. Just keep walking. Keep following. Keep on the road. It will take you to the new place that God wants you to have. So when you see a new objective, when God gives you a new objective, gives you a new thing, just know there's always a road that will get you there. To reach a new destination, you need to find a new way. God led the children of Israel through their wilderness by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He led them through the wilderness, and he prepared a way for them. Now, 
God always does this. There always needs to be a way prepared for what he wants to do. Now, even when Jesus came to earth as God manifests in the flesh, as he first came to earth, there's a promise in the scripture that says God is going to make a way for his coming. Isaiah 40 in verse 3 says there's a voice of one, now again, crying in the wilderness. There's always a wilderness you go through. And this is what it said, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The, the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Now, John the Baptist said he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord. Even for Jesus coming to earth, John the Baptist came to prepare a way. There was a way through the wilderness for Jesus to come and to make a new covenant so that we could enter into the presence of God without any condemnation. Now, I'm trying to use these scriptures to encourage us that God is constantly doing a new thing and there's a wilderness between us and the new thing, but we shouldn't be discouraged or deterred because God is going to make a way. And even John the Baptist came and made a way for Jesus to come. Now that brings us to our next point. Jesus is the way and shows us the way to every good thing. It says in Ephesians 1 and verse 3, God, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. God has blessed us with every spiritual gift in Christ. He is the way to receive blessings and to receive new things from the Lord. Now, as he was finishing his work on earth and he was returning to heaven, he tells his disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to prepare a place for you so that I'll come and I'll take you to the place, this new place that I'm preparing for you. Now, the disciples don't understand it. And they, um, they ask him in John 14 and verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you're going and how can we know the way? So again, he's telling them, I'm going to give you a new thing. I'm make, get, going to prepare a new place for you. And they say, but we don't know how to get there. We don't know the way. Now notice what Jesus says. <clears throat> I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, our way is a person. Jesus is the way. And so all we have to do is cling to him. Seek the Lord. Seek Christ. Seek his face. Draw near to the Lord. He is the way. He'll show you the way through the wilderness. He'll show you the way to the new thing he wants to do in your life. Now, Isaiah 30 and verse 21 expands on this a little bit. It's the Old Testament prophet speaking. He says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, 
this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. And so the, the, the key is you've got to keep on the road. Jesus is the way, but he's going to show you the way you should walk. And as you walk with the Lord, you, you stay on this path, you get through the wilderness, and it takes you to the new thing that God wants to do in your life. So, putting this all together, Jesus is the way, but he also shows us as we walk it out step by step to say, don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left, just keep on the way, the way will bring you to your destination. Now we're getting to the heart of our message that God is giving us a new routine. Because here's the point. Every new thing requires new routines. Every new thing requires new routines. Now how do we tie all of this together? Um, because a way or a path is a routine. The verse I want to use from the Old Testament is Exodus 18 and verses 19 to 20. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. You shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Now, <clears throat> Moses being, is being told here, you're going to teach God's ways or some truths to them. And not only are you going to uh, teach them the law and the statutes, but you will show them the way. Now, I want us to really grasp this this morning. God is going to do new things. He's going to teach you new things. He's going to bring you to a new place but he has to show you the way to get there. Just as Moses had to show Israel the way through the wilderness, God needs to show us the way to get through our wilderness to the place that he wants us to be. Now, th this is an important message this morning. And, uh, you know, sort of what I've said thus far is sort of groundwork to where we are here. God is doing a new thing. You need to see it. And you need to know God will guide you in it. But he's going to show us the way. Now, as I mentioned, a way is a routine. The definition of the word routine is this. A routine is a customary or regular course of action. A regular course of action. A routine is a way of doing things. It's a pathway. Now, interesting, if you go back to the origins of this word, the word originally meant a route of travel for trading. A routine was a route of travel. And this is what we're saying. It's a path. It's a path through the wilderness. But it says here, it's a route of travel for trading. And when I was thinking about trading, obviously in their day, they were, it, was a, it was a road, a, a route to be able to do business and commerce and trade. But what are, what are we on? We are in a process on a road, but we want to trade the old thing for the new thing. We're in a situation, but we want to go to God's situation. And it's a beautiful situation, the scripture says. 
We want to follow the Lord and get to a place where we can trade the old thing for the new thing. And so this word routine is very important to us because I believe it's a key for us to embrace the new thing that God wants to do in our lives. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. You will never embrace a new thing without changing your daily routine. Now here's where it gets down that we have a part to play in this. God is leading us, but you are to walk on this path that will bring us to our new destination and into the new thing that God has for all of us. So you have to embrace a new way of doing things, a new course in your travel through life. So you can't use the old routine, the old path, to get to the new thing because there's no road to the new thing. It takes you through a wilderness where you have to trust God, believe him, follow the cloud, the pillar of fire by night, and you're saying, God, I'm following you by faith, but you got, you're guiding me, and so, Lord, show me the new routine, the new way to get through this. Now, when I talk about routine, I, I'm not talking about steps of action to fulfill a goal. And th there are steps of actions to fulfill a goal. Um, you know, you have to break it down into stages, and you do this step, and then this step, and then this step, and it takes you to your destination. That's not really what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about something that's more intrinsic to our life, something that's more general to your life. Because you can try to reach a new goal, and you try to take the routines of life and just sort of shift them a little bit and say, I'm going to follow my old routines, and, but I want this new goal. And you can actually put into practice steps of action to take you to your new goal, but you really get lost in the wilderness because this is not what God wants. I'm talking about your daily habits, just the normal things you do when you get up in the morning, what you do when you get up in the morning when you eat your breakfast. I'm talking about your hobbies, your interests, how you spend your time, how you do things, just your regular routines, just the general routines of life, where you shop, the attitudes you have about shopping, and so many different things. Just the routines of life. Now listen, we all need routines because you have to break life down into routines or it is just all over the place. We need routines to go through life. But, but here's the point. You need a new routine to reach a new destination. The point I put in your notes is this. Your general routines groove your life. Because you do just natural things in a certain way and in a certain order, it grooves your life 
so that when God wants you to do a new thing, it's hard for you to break out of the groove because this is how I've always done it. This is how I've always spent my time. This is what I've always done with my recreational time. And, and so God wants to break you out of those routines so that he can take you to a new place. We have to stay on the path. And God will show you the path. He is the path himself, but he will show you in your life new routines that you need to take. Now, let, let me try to illustrate it to you. You're in your house, and you decide to go for a walk. And say you go for a walk every day. But every day, you take the same path. You turn right at the end of the block, and you go that way, and then you go up through there, and maybe you walk through the park, and you come around, and, and, and you have a way, a routine, that you take your walk. And maybe it's a 30-minute walk, and you end up back at your house. Now, the next day, you go for a walk, but you follow the same routine. It's a comfortable routine. You know everything along the way. You know where you turn. You know the house that looks, what the house on the corner looks like. You're following a routine. Now, here's the thing is, and I, and I wrote this down. I tried to, to write it in a way that you would understand what I'm saying here. When your life falls into a set routine, it limits your experiences and interactions. You see only what you have seen in the past. Don't be imprisoned by your immediate environment. Take a new path. Find a new routine. If you always walk the same way, you're going to see the same things, and you're probably going to meet the same people, and your life will not change. You will have goals. God will show you new things. But somehow, because of the, just the general routines of life, you get pulled back into it. I mean, how many times have we gone away to a conference, or you've been to a retreat, or even you've been inspired by a message at church? And in, at home, and in the church or at the, the conference, you're all excited, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do this. But the thing is, the next morning when you get home, you get up, and you do the same thing that you did the previous day before you went to the conference. It's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's not wrong. It's not evil. But the, the routine you do one after the other through the day, it's an old routine. And it grooves you that many times we can't enter into what God has for us because our time is already selected, our patterns are already set, and, we, and we're not breaking out into a new territory. We're not willing to go into a wilderness and just be led of the Lord to show us what we should do. And, and what I'm trying to share with you this morning is you need a new routine. The new thing that God is wanting to do in our lives require that we have new routines. And so here's how I put it in the notes. A new routine is required to embrace a new thing. A new routine is required to embrace the new thing God wants to do in your life. Now, this is how the Bible puts it in Mark 2 and verse 22. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. 
or else the new wine bursts the wineskins, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. So it's saying when you have freshly fermented wine, you don't put it into an old wineskin. You don't empty the wineskin that's held the old wine because the new wine is going to be active and it's going to be moving and it will burst the old wineskin. It says you need to put new wine in a new wineskin that's flexible, that's different, that's not set in its ways, not set in its routines. You need to put the new wine into a new wineskin. Now, the application, I believe, is what I'm sharing with you this morning. We have certain ways of doing things. They're not wrong. The old wineskins are not evil. In fact, the old wineskins have carried wine. But it's not the new thing. It's the old thing. And we can try to set the, old, the new thing into the old thing, and it just doesn't work. And so I'm encouraging you. I'm trying to open our eyes to see if God's going to do a new thing, then we need to have new routines that will allow us to embrace them. And so the point I would give you is this. Release old routines to establish new routines. Release old routines to establish new routines. I think sometimes when you go into a new season, you almost have to take all parts of your life, I don't know, this is probably not the best illustration, but you almost have to throw everything up in the air. All, all your routines, all your practices, all the things you've ever done, the ways that you've always done them in the past. If you're going to embrace a new thing, it's almost like you've got to throw them up in the air and let them settle the way God wants them to. You've you got to do things differently. I'm talking about just normal things. It can be just, I will get up at a different time in the morning. I'll go to bed at a different time. The routine I have of getting up, brushing my teeth, uh, taking a shower, when I eat breakfast, sometimes all those things just should be thrown in the air and say, you know, I'm not going to go this same pathway again. I know I've been around that block, I've seen that house, I've seen that park enough. I want to embrace something new. And I'm saying the way for newness is new routines, not just at your selection or fancy, but in prayer, asking the Lord to show you what are the new routines you want me to embrace. It's not that the old routine was bad. It's not that the old routine didn't bring you a sense of satisfaction and a presence of the Lord. It's just that you have to embrace something new. COVID has forced this upon us. COVID has thrown a lot of things up in the air. And we can try to, to get the old things back and we can lament the old things and the passing of it. And they are good, and some of those old things will come back. But is it possible that God says, I'm using COVID to shake your life a little bit so the things that will, are, will be shaken can be shaken? I want to do new things. I want to shake you out of your lethargy. I want to shake you out of, 
out of being stuck and mired in your spiritual walk. I want to shake it. I want you to do new things and new ways. And if you'll follow the Lord, he'll bring you to the new destination that he has for us. Now, let me just sort of close with an example here of just how maybe doing something new can help us. I was listening to um, Rick Warren in one of his messages, and he shared something that, that stuck in my mind. I want to share it with you. And studies have shown that the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do at night really determines much of your life. It, it shapes your state of mind and the quality of your life. Just simply the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing that you do at night. Now there's a verse, James 1.22, that says this, Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Now, I think this verse speaks to the new thing. Uh, God wants to receive his word. He wants to give us direction. He wants to say, this is the way, walk in it. He wants to take us to a new place. He doesn't want us just to talk about being a Christian, talk about the mission of the church. He actually wants us to be involved. He wants us to be doers of this. Now, how would I receive with meekness the inspired word? Now, this is something that Rick Warren said, and I would encourage us all to do it. He said, what if the first thing we do in the morning is take the scripture and just read it and have the Bible open on the bedstand beside you so that when you get up in the morning, you don't have to look for your Bible. When you get up in the morning, you don't have to... Um, Say, well, you know, what will I read? No, put the Bible open to whatever portion that you are reading. And the first thing in the morning, as you turn to get out of bed, you look over, and there's your Bible sitting open. And just start reading. Now, here's the key. It's not reading a chapter, reading for 15 minutes, reading for half an hour. Read until the word is implanted in your heart. In other words, read the scripture until something speaks to you. Read along until something just inspired to your heart. We've all experienced this. You're reading a portion of scripture, and it just comes off the page to you. And you go, oh, yeah, I never saw that before. Or because of what you're going through in your life, Something in the scripture is prompted to your heart. So you don't have to read for a hour, an hour, a half hour. Just read until something speaks to you, till it gets implanted in your heart. You know, it, it might just be a verse or two. It might only take two or three minutes. Or you might need to read a little longer. But you're not reading to put in your time. You're not reading to say, I'm reading through the Bible, as good as that may be. But you're reading for the word to be implanted in your heart. You're taking the first thing in the morning, getting up to say, God, what do you want me to do? What would you say, speak to me? And when it speaks to you, just stop reading. 
Don't close the Bible. Just put it back on the bedstand, open where you left, and just start meditating on it. And as you go about the rest of your routines, you're meditating on that word and what its implications are in your life. Folks, I, I think that's so powerful. And then the last thing you do at night is you're retiring and you're just getting into bed. The last thing you see as you go to turn your light off, you see the open Bible, you pick it up, and you start reading where you left off in the morning. And what do you do? You just read until something speaks to you. And when it speaks to you, you just put the Bible down on the back on the bedstand, leave it open, and start meditating on that as you lay your head on your pillow. And you meditate on these things, what God is speaking to you. If the studies are true, that the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do at night shapes your life, wouldn't this be a great way to determine a new way of reading the Bible, a new routine, a new time? It doesn't mean it only has to be in the morning and at night. You might read it at different times. I'm just trying to give you a practical illustration of taking a new routine, a new way of doing things, and, and asking the Lord, you know, let me do things differently. I want to shake up my routine. I don't want to do the same things all day that I've been doing. I I'm meditating on you. I'm trying to apply the things that I am learning. Our first message, what are the purposes for my life? And how, what new ways could I fulfill them? Or church at home. I want, I want that to be a new way, but you can't take your old routines and try to fit church at home into them. You need to take all your routines and just sort of give them all to the Lord and say, God, what new routines would allow me to establish a, a, a home altar where we pray and read the scripture with my family or with the people I live with? How could I have a, a, a fun night that we can fellowship together? How could we do a home project that would benefit the community? How could we have home one-on-ones with people? All the, all the points from the message that we've preached on church at home. You need routines, new routines, breaking out of old routines and saying, God, help me through this wilderness. Help me to the new routine. Don't allow old routines to groove your life and separate you from what God wants. Well, this is a bit of a different message, but I believe, as I've shown you from Scripture, th these are scriptural truths, how the Old Testament people reached their new thing, how Jesus came to earth and, and had a, a, a person make a way for him through the wilderness so he could come, John the Baptist, and how we embrace the new things God wants to do in our life, to embrace the new things in our world that we have, to look at what we can do and forget the things we can't do and begin to embrace new things. So I'm praying that God's Holy Spirit will personally take you by the hand and you will walk in the Spirit, walk with the Spirit into the destination God has for you. Let me pray for 
for us all this morning. Lord, this message is burning in my heart. I want to apply it. I want to not just preach about it, but I want to practice it in my life, to find the new routines in my life that will allow me to do these things. I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would see the new thing you're doing. We know you're already at work. And, Lord, you have prompted us to say, I'm at work, I'm doing a new thing, I've made a way through the wilderness. Lord, we want to embrace it, and we want to follow you. May we all reach our destination. May we all embrace the new things that you have for us. I pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.